It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it's time for another edition of the Baseball Talk. Radio show with Rich and Gary talking all about the best in baseball, sponsored by BaseballTalkRadio.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Baseball Talk Radio Show here, sponsored by BaseballTalkRadio.com, and another edition of our podcast here. And, Gary, how are you? I am good, Rich. I'm a little sore. I had a big garage sale this weekend and beat up the old knees pretty bad, but uh, I'm here and wouldn't miss doing a show with you. Well, I'm so glad. You're on the show. Do you know that we had a couple requests from our listeners while we were off? Of course, we took last week off as a vacation week for us. But, yeah, we have uh, two great listeners out there that really uh, emailed us requesting a brand-new edition. Well, that's great, Rich, and thank you, folks, for for doing that. And I think this show is going to catch on, Rich. I think uh, we hit upon something here that's uh, uh, interesting and uh, a little informative and I hope folks like it, and I hope they'll go tell their friends to check it out. Uh, we still got to work out a schedule yet, but uh, we'll get there, folks. Uh, I guess as long as we get a show out, we'll be in good shape. Yeah, and we have plenty of places you can find us at. Uh, you can find us at our website at mlbthisweek.com. You can always see the video version of the show there. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or over at Podomatic.com. Just search for the Baseball Talk Radio Show. Or you could just uh, find us live. Join our Twitter group, MLB This Week. Uh, Find out when we're doing the show. You can join us right when we're doing the show live. And probably, Gary, maybe down the line we might want to do Facebook Live, uh, go right on video uh, to some of our followers. I'm going to have a Facebook page for the show as well. So, uh, it's going to be a great thing, and I think, uh, as you said, a lot of people are tuning in. They like what we have to say about baseball, and, uh, wow, it's only two more weeks left in the regular season. doesn't seem possible, does it, Rich? I tell you, the uh, New York Penn League, and, you know, that's that's what I like to follow, as well as the uh, majors, but um, they ended like a week ago, and, and I've been lost. The, thank goodness the Mets have been playing, but... Oh my goodness! Uh, two more weeks, and then, then what? Then we're into the playoffs and stuff. So we still got that, hopefully. But ah, um, oh, I, I, I'm not looking forward to because the end of the baseball season means winter's on the rise. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's so long an off season for baseball fans, as you said. Uh, we have two more weeks left in the regular season. And then the month of October, which is one of the most magical months as a baseball fan uh, for the playoffs. You know, we have that nice uh, 
wild card game coming up uh, in a couple of weeks there and just right off into the division series and then the championship series. Then, of course, at the end of October, kicks off the World Series. So uh, a whole lot of baseball left, but as you said, uh, we're, we're looking towards November, December, January, and February, uh, and then on to spring training for next year. That's a long wait. Well, Rich, I think what we'll have to do is try to line up some guests that we can talk baseball with all winter. Uh, I got some guys in mind, and I don't know whether or not they come, but um, we'll have to work on that and see what we can do to entertain the folks over the long winter. And and uh, maybe we can get some major leaguers or ex-major leaguers on here. Yeah, that would be a great thing. I know it's always great to talk about the game uh, with everybody involved in it, from uh, somebody that keeps care of the field, say, to uh, to a vendor, to to a player, as you said, and even some authors mixed into the mix. So we have a lot of plans for you here in the off season uh, for the show. We'll continue it all year long. And how about those races, Gary? I know you're you're very tuned into one specific race. Well, Rich, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tuned into the wild card race here in the NL East, or, or in the National League, I should say, and, and it is a doozy. Uh, we've got my Mets tied with the San Francisco Giants for the number one wild card spot, but and the Cardinals are two games behind, and the beauty of that is that the, those two teams are playing each other. They have a four-game series. The Giants took the first two. St. Louis won last night. And uh, they'll end that series today or this evening. And uh, it, it's really uh, kind of been a no-brainer for the Mets because they can't, they couldn't really lose. if When the Giants beat uh, the Cardinals, as long as the Mets won, they were pushing the Cardinals back. And uh, if the Cardinals beat the Giants and the Mets won, the Mets were gaining ground. So that's how they were a game behind took over uh, a tie, got in a tie last uh, night with the Cardinals coming back in the ninth inning to defeat the Giants out there. So we're scoreboard watching, and uh, that, that's the great part about the game of baseball. You know, uh, this is that time of year where you really start to wonder what the other teams are doing and, and all the scoreboard watching, and that's what we're doing here. And we'll keep our fingers crossed. The Mets are winning 3-1 to one now against the Minnesota Twins. With the uh, if they can hold on, they will sweep this series, and um, then all eyes will turn as far as New York eyes will turn to San Francisco and St. Louis. And may I just add that the Mets hold the uh, tiebreaker against the Giants, so if they do end up tied, the Mets would have the home field advantage in that. Very cool, and it seems just a couple of weeks ago that was an iffy situation with the Mets uh, coming back to. Uh, Storm up the wild card rankings here. San Francisco dropped a few notches in the last uh, ten games, or five and five, where the Mets have really excelled, seven and three. As you said, they won their last two, going for the sweep at Minnesota, and uh, it's amazing how this game turns around. Now suddenly we're thinking maybe San Francisco might fall out of this race, as the Cardinals are only two games back. And Pittsburgh is a kind of a, a long shot at five games back. But uh, the next two weeks of the season is going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think 
I, I'm from my point of view. I think Pittsburgh and Miami are done. I, I think that they're finished. I don't think that's a lot of ground to make up, and then they have to jump over all these teams. I think it'll be a three-game, three-team race. I should say, the Mets, the Giants, and the Cardinals going into the final two weeks. And and like you say, it'll just it just will be who wins. Um, you know, uh, as you said before. A couple of weeks ago, the Mets were dead in the water. I mean, they were done. They were finished. And 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 talking as a Mets fan, they I I was you know I thought it might be the best thing for them too because that way they get the off season off, they get the rest. Um, the the only thing that that concerns me going into the off seasons, we lost another pitcher now, so Jacob Degrom is out for the season. So we've lost uh, Harvey Degrom. Mats, uh, but uh, they they called up Seth Lugo, who has pitched brilliantly since he's been up here out of nowhere, uh, much like Jacob Degrom did when he came up. And uh, of course, uh, Syndergaard's still there, but he's going to have to have off season surgery. He's got some bone spurs in his elbow, but uh, he seems to be okay. He, he's pitching through it. Maybe they'll get Mats back. Um, it's just been a crazy year as far as the Mets are concerned, but to be in this position is is really unbelievable. Yeah, and as you said, a crazy season, but they're on the verge of making the playoffs, so that's where it, it matters, and that's where it counts. And as you said, some newcomers will come on the team, maybe make a name for themselves, as did Harvey and DeGrom, uh, Syndergaard. They came out of the minors and and excelled, you never know. There could be another one in the wings. But, yeah, losing two aces like that, you have to uh, you have to be concerned for a team like that. And uh, just amazing what they've been able to do. And I know I've been listening to your podcast, uh, Mets Musings, uh, during different shows. And, and what a great job some other pitchers have done to step in and uh, pick up the mantle, so to speak, for the guys that are injured. Yeah, they they certainly have, and that that's a good thing. You know, you always wonder about the uh, the depth in your organization. But you know, Rich, there's there's quite a, another wild wild card, if you pardon the pun, uh, going on in the the American League as well. Baltimore and Toronto are in a dead heat for the two spots, and Detroit and Houston are in a dead heat trying to catch them. They're both three games out, and Seattle as well is, is uh, three game out, all at 78 and 70, trying to catch Toronto and or Baltimore for that final spot. So that's going to be an interesting because you got five teams there, even the Yankees, if you want to count them. They're four games out of the wild card, but they got a lot of teams to hop. But um, that's going to be a wild race there for that wild card, the American League. So we have we have such great things to look forward to, as well as a, a Boston and Toronto fighting it out with Baltimore for the division. So uh, lots of uh, great races and interesting stuff happening uh, in the in the uh, the sport, Rich, and uh, it's going to be a wild two weeks. Yeah, and as you said, Seattle, I think they ran off 10 straight wins in a row to get themselves to where they are with the uh, possible inclusion into a wild card here. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. Uh, some of the other teams have uh, faltered a little bit. Detroit, 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They lost three in a row. 
probably when they need to win the most here, they can't do it. Uh, Houston, they're on a three-game winning streak, but their last ten, they're four and six. So uh, a lot of these teams are just trying to say, as you said, Gary, just win every day. That's all they have to be focused on now. Uh, don't lose and uh, just try to win this, each game that's remaining in the regular season. And, you know, we talked a couple of weeks ago, Rich, about Kansas City making a run out of it, and they've been 3-7 in their last 10, so they've kind of fallen back. But um, and, and Cleveland is really – I don't want to say they've fallen back – but they uh, they really they're six and four in their last ten, so they really was not playing at the same level they were a few weeks ago, and they could be had. But uh, I think they'll hang on there. Uh, Texas continues to uh, to uh, keep pace in the uh, West, even though they're five and five their last ten. But as you said, Houston with four and six, and Seattle with the eight and two to get back into the race here. But uh, it's going to be interesting in, in both leagues. Um, the National League is a little bit more settled. With Washington's got a nine-game lead. They look to, to get to win the division pretty soon here, another week. Um, the Cubs have already clinched their division, and uh, the Dodgers have put some space between them and the Giants. So, um but you never know with the Dodgers and the Giants, of course, that, uh, you know, the, the Giants could catch hot and catch the Dodgers. But um, it looks pretty much set in the National League. But the American League, there's some races to still watch. Yeah, and as you said, the Cubbies clinched. Uh, what a great season they've had, 94 and 54, as we're doing this podcast. And I heard a, a disturbing stat in the past week. The team that clinches first since 1995, uh, I believe, has only won the World Series once or twice, I believe, is is the way the stack goes um, over the years. So doesn't always mean that you clinch first and you have 100-plus wins in a season that you go all the way through the playoffs and win the World Series. And I'm wondering if some Cub fans would be upset if that didn't happen, uh, being that they've had such a great season this year uh the only thing left for them to do practically is win that world series oh i think without a doubt i mean i think it's a, a failure if they don't win uh this year and you hate to say that because it's been such a terrific year but um they you know it's like world series of bust for them and, and I don't, i'm not a firm believer in that myself i believe you take it step by step you win a division you know, celebrate that, enjoy it. You want a division, you know. If you win a pennant, hey, that's great. You're in the World Series, you lose the World Series. Well, but at least you won the pennant. There's, there's, there's you know, 28, 26 other teams out there that uh, wish they were in your shoes, and they're not. So, uh, but they do have to watch out for that downfall. It's, it's a tough it's a tough balancing act now between who do you rest? Do you rest guys? But how do you, do you keep them sharp? And that, uh, that's, you know, that's could be a tough thing sometimes. So we'll have to see how they handle it, but, um, they've had a great season, but this isn't the playoffs is a totally different season. And, you know, just, uh, I hate to keep bringing up the Mets, but going back to last year, the Mets were zero and eight, I think, against the Cubs, and then swept them in in the uh, the championship series. So, 
anything can happen, and of course, I think it would we'd have a a, a replay of that in a, the the uh, if the Mets should win the wild card and win the wild card game, they probably they would play the Cubs. Wow, very interesting. So, a revisit of last year, possibly <laughs> could be. And the other series would be interesting too if it was Washington and the Dodgers with Kershaw getting healthy now. So, um, some good things to look forward to, Rich. Yes, and a lot of players uh, done for the season, of course. Uh, teams that are out of the races uh, have taken their big stars out of the lineups. Uh, Carlos Carrasco with an injury uh, done for the season. Uh, a few others, as you said, Jacob deGrom done for the season, shut down with an elbow uh, issue. Uh, So a lot of teams are making wise moves towards the end of the season. Of course, the September call-ups have really helped a lot of these teams uh, finish out the season. I know the Phillies, for one, are very happy to to make it to September and be able to call up some of their uh, better AAA players, uh, give their regular guys a rest, so to speak, for the rest of the season and see what the new guys, the younger guys, can do uh, on the team. So that's something that goes on in in each team, uh, regardless of where they are in the standings. And uh, you had an interesting guest from the Twins on the uh, Mets Musings podcast just the other night talking about Twins baseball. So it was interesting to hear uh, Mr. Frank Conti talk about that team. Yeah, Frank, of course, uh, was on, uh, I believe, a show that you were on with me, too, uh, 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 Mets Musings, where we did the Phillies and the Marlins, talking about the NL East when he used to cover the Marlins. He's now uh, moved over to the other league and is covering the Twins, and uh, he has high regard. I, I, I can't, he knows more than I do about the Twins. He has high regard for their team and their farm system. Now I will say he's done a lot of coverage of the, of minor leagues, and uh, I believe he knows what he's talking about. But he compared them to the Cubs. He thinks they'll be like the Cubs within a year, possibly next year or or two years or so. So we'll have to see. Uh, they have some decisions to make to the Twins. They have to decide whether they want to spend the money. Um, they can hit. It, offense isn't a problem with them. The problem is with them is has been their pitching. And, uh, you know, apparently they have some good young pitching prospects. So we'll have to see how they come up and fare and, uh, you know, keep keep the team together as best they can. Uh, he did express some concern that they may go out and try to get some big-name players and or, or make some trades for pitchers or whatnot and give up some in the farm system. And he was he was totally against that, and I can I can understand that because um, if you you've got a good farm system, you got good plays, keep it have a cheap team out there and spend your money wisely in in bits and pieces and in spots. So, um, but he was very high on the team, and uh, you know I picked them as the wild my black horse uh, team. This year, I thought they could be the the, uh, the team that comes out of nowhere because they played so well last year. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people, especially in fantasy baseball, uh, picked up on the Twins. So one of my friends did. He was very sorry that he did uh, <laughs> initially because they've done so poorly. I think they 
put him out of the race in this fantasy league because uh, they go by teams uh, in this specific fantasy league that he's in. But, um, yeah, the, a lot of these teams you wonder year in, year out, and I'm thinking of Cubbies fans as well. Uh, when the Cubs were so terrible for all those years, uh, how do the fans stay on the side of the team? They follow them. They watch them. It must be a hard thing to do year in, year out, especially when you're not making the playoffs for eight or ten years. It's got to be a grind for a fan, uh, especially with a lot of the money that's being charged to go to the games now. You're paying a premium to see a baseball game. So uh, I've got to take my hat off to some of these fans out there that stay loyal to their clubs. I, I think... Rich, I think with the Cubs, I think it's uh, it's an event going to Wrigley Field, um, and I think it's in your blood, especially in a, in a town like Chicago. I I think it's more so than other cities like that. Um, you know, Yankees and Mets fans don't necessarily like each other, but there's a lot of crossover. There's a lot of front runners. There's a lot of people that will root for the Yankees. The big saying here is, I'm a New York fan. I'm rooting for New York, whoever, whatever New York team gets in. I don't think they have that in Chicago. I don't, you know, I, I think you're a Cubs fan or you're a White Sox fan, and that's it. And, and I think that they, uh, don't forget, for years, when they were losing and Harry Carey was still alive, they have him entertaining, and it became a social event. It became a big, you want to be there to sing the, the take me out with Harry, uh, the take me out to the ball game in the seventh inning. So I, I think there's a lot of that, and I think that's how they kept the loyalty. I just kind of wonder, if they did win this year or next year, does that kind of kill the mystique then of the car, uh, Cubs? Because there is a mystique with them, with the lovable losers and the whole thing, and and uh, I'm sure they all want to win. But it, yes. does it does it take it away then? Yeah, it sort of loses some of that tarnish. Maybe I, I, polish up that old uh, brass statue a little bit. You right, know? and then you're like, you know, oh, we're a good team then. And it kind of like... I don't know. I, you know, I'm sure if you have your others, your druthers, you'd rather win, of course. But um, you got to wonder a little bit about that. And then, of course, with success, all co- also comes the rising of prices. And I'm sure the Mets fans, I know Phillies fans, can say to that: uh, mm-hmm. a team that's successful, you're going to have rising prices with everything from parking to tickets. The concessions. It's just the nature of the of business. Well, they know it's cyclical. So they know they're gonna be you know, they're gonna win, they're gonna lose, and, and they're gonna have down years, so you make the I guess you make the money when you can and then you do all kinds of deals to get people in when when you're bad and then when you start winning again, boom, you zap it to them with the with the things. But um that's as you say, that's that's the way of business. Yes, it is. Well, sports is a big business. Uh, We've seen in football uh, some players have taken to the field to express their personal concerns about things. 
And, of course, that translated over into baseball eventually, um, talking about the football players that are taking a kneel down at the uh, national anthem when it's played at the stadiums, um, you know, for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, and last week or so, uh, Gary, the baseball has come into the spotlight on this. And there was a comment made by uh, Adam Jones, who plays for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, and first, before we talk about that, I want to play uh, some of Adam Jones' comments at a uh, news conference that went on um, a few months ago when the Baltimore riots were being uh, played out down there in the city of Baltimore. And it, it sounded like a different person talking to me. So let's listen to that uh, press conference just for a minute or so here, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about that. Uh, the last 72 hours, I think, in the city have been um, tumultuous, to say the, to say the least. Uh, we've seen good. We've seen bad. We've seen ugly. Um, we've seen our games canceled, postponed, relocated. A, a lot of families relocated. It's a, a city that, that, is, that is hurting and uh, a city that, that needs, that need, that needs its, its heads of the, of the city to, to stand up, step up, and, and help the ones that are hurting. You know, it's not an easy time right now for anybody. It doesn't matter what race you are. It's just it's a tough time for for the city of Baltimore, and you know my my prayers have been out for all the families, um, all the kids out there. You know, they hurt, they're hurting, and um, I think the big message is to you know to stay strong, Baltimore. Stay 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 safe. Um, continue to continue to be the city, the great city that uh, you know I've known to love over the last eight years I've been here. Um, continue to 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 be who you are. You know, I know there's been a lot of a lot of damage in the city, but there's also been a lot of good. There's been a lot of good protesting. There's been a lot of people standing up um, for the rights that they that they have based on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And you just, you know, just trying to make sure that everybody's on the same page. Obviously, you can see that you know, everybody's not on the same page, but you know, the youth are hurting. And I think, you know, as as the older guys, the older community. We owe it to the youth to, to continue to educate them, continue to strengthen them, continue to be by their sides, because that's what they need. And I don't think they so that's a, a comment there from Adam Jones uh, shortly after and before and during the Baltimore riots uh, that occurred months ago. Um, of course, it shut down the city of Baltimore. It shut down baseball for a couple of days there. But uh, just recently in the news, um, there was a comment from Adam Jones when asked uh, why baseball players don't participate in, you know, personal uh, objections to what they feel is wrong socially by kneeling down during the national anthem. And he said that quote unquote, I think it was a throwaway quote game, which depending upon who you are, you got different, feelings about that statement, uh, whether or not that it was racist in its own right or whether it was just one of those comments that he was set up for and it came out of his mouth and then there you go, boom, it's in every newspaper and online uh, worldwide. So uh, very interesting. I think we'll, we'll spend a minute or two as we close out this podcast for um, episode 1.5 just talking a little bit about it. 
Okay. <laughs> well, I think it probably was a throwaway line and one that um, one that uh, he just you know uh, mentioned, but it does give you an insight into his thinking in a way. And yes, it's true that that there are probably more Caucasians playing the game. I think as of the opening day or of this year or last year, there was uh, 58.8% Caucasian, Asian 1.2%, American blacks 8.3%, and Latin players 293 I think that was 2015. Um, but what are the reasons? I mean, why why put this into this controversy about that in my opinion I, I look they have a constitutional right everyone has a constitutional right to uh, not stand or do what they want during the star spangled banner that is their right but people also have the right to criticize them and not be labeled as a bigot or a racist or whatever uh, my opinion on a caper casper whatever his name is they always call him copernicus um where i think he's wrong is that and all of these NFL players? And I'm not a big NFL guy, as anybody, know, everybody knows. I'm a baseball guy, um, but I, I think where they're wrong is they are representing when they're in the un. They can do whatever they want outside the uniform, and I know they want to. They want to do something to make a statement and shock people and get their way across. But I think if they call for a press conference and did this, or if if Kaepernick feels that strong, then, then go down to a Black Lives Matter protest and protest. Don't do it here when you're in the San Francisco Giants uniform. For me, uh, a 49ers uniform, for me, you are representing that team. You're, represent, you're a representative team. They, if you did that in private business, if you worked at McDonald's and, and had to stand for the Star Spangled Banner or whatever and, and did some kind of protest, they would fire you right away and they'd have the right to fire you because you were disrespecting their uniform and disrespecting their beliefs. I loved what Jeff Fisher did. Um, he shows video in training camp and tells them exactly how they're going to stand for the Star Spangled Banner. And, and uh, this is what you do. Um, as far as Adam Jones go. I, I think it's a slightly a racist comment on the other side. It's it's clearly the larger number is Caucasian, but uh, there's a large number of Latin players, and that's growing. It's growing by the year. Why isn't there more blacks playing the game? And and that's what it comes down to. It's it's not, you know. Um, it, it, they just don't play the game anymore. They they see a quicker way to play football or basketball and to make money. Now, of course, we're getting away from the issue of justice and the oppression of people. For me, it's hard to think of people being oppressed when they're making $28 million a year playing a sport. just doesn't work for me. Um And that's my opinion. It, 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 that doesn't work. And... um I just think that you're you're wearing a uniform, you're representing something, and you shouldn't be – because to me, not only are you disrespecting the flag and the national anthem, you're disrespecting your city, you're disrespecting your team, you're disrespecting your organization, 
And uh, I, I think there are numerous other ways as athletes they have a lot more of a bully pulpit than anybody else have. And, uh, you know, l- let's see you do something then in the community. See, they, they want to say the, they want to hold their hands up or they want to kneel during the anthem. But what do they do other than that? I, I don't know if they do anything at all, but I'm not seeing Kaepernick go down to a Black Lives Matter rally. I'm sure that would be all over the press if he did that, especially on the uh, Clinton News Network. Um, and I, I think more so along that same theme is all lives matter, not necessarily just one race, but we're in this race together. Um, it's a worldwide race. We're in the same country. We're lucky to be Americans. And as you said, I, I don't agree with dissing your own country over an issue that's a social issue at the time uh, with many different uh, components to individual cases. Uh, it happens every day. It's been happening every day. It happens to every race as well. And I'm referring to uh, shootings. Uh, by police or by criminals to police happens every day. It's not something that's just started. Maybe it's been more socialized on social media and put out on the air, but it's not a perfect world. Uh, Philadelphia, in the last two days, there's been 12 to 15 people shot, a few killings. A police officer was shot. They were lucky to survive. They had a a vest on. It was a female, black, by the way, shot by a black assailant who just happened to have a hatred towards police. So it's it's not a thing that <laughs> it's more a thing where good versus evil, I think, and you know the human race versus these forces that are um, not right towards the human race, so to speak. So take the higher road. This is just my opinion. Uh, as you said, Gary, try to do stuff that make things better, that make an issue. Uh, go into your community, anybody's community. As a sports figure, you're going to transcend into anybody's community rather well. Uh, clean up your neighborhoods. Let's sweep out these drugs. That's the crux of the major part of the problem in this whole country. And the gangs. Illicit drugs and gangs. Uh, Take that road. Don't take a kneel down on the field and think you're going to change anything because that's just going to make it more more easy for these, I'm going to call them strange people, but I'm going to say fringe people that are on the edge of, they don't understand what this guy's even kneeling for. They might think, well, let's overthrow the United States or something, you know, in somebody's mind. In many people's mind, that might be what they're thinking. Well, I- but- I'm sorry, Rich. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, take the higher road. Don't diss your own country because you want to have some things change. There's so many better ways to accomplish it than what's being done on a football field that leaves a million other questions unanswered or a baseball field. And, you know, Rich, a lot of this has come from the leadership, too, in this country. We 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 are a country rudderless right now we're not getting the proper leadership we've politicized everything in this country 
We've politicized this issue. We've politicized language. You can't say anything anymore without it being, you know, somebody labels you. It's just the left wing in this country are, they should be like a label maker because that's what they do. You cannot say anything that disagrees with them. Because then you are labeled either a racist or a bigot. And and that adds to this. And then when you see something like this and you you are against it and then you get labeled as this bigot or something, people are getting fed up with this stuff. And that's why his message is going to back, you know, when they do this, the message backfires because it, it creates a, a hatred almost. That, oh, look at that idiot, he's disrespecting the flag, and, and you know, people have died for that flag. And and it's like they're saying, well, screw them. We don't really care what, when, when, they didn't do anything for us. And it's that me, me attitude. And I think that's, as you said, we have to get away from that. We're all in this together. Me, me, look at me. That's That's what this is all about, so... Well, we hope you uh, enjoyed this edition of the podcast, and uh, I'm so glad we tackled that issue, and and we took the high road on it, I think, Gary. Uh, it would have been easy as, you know, podcasters and, you know, media-type people to take one opinion or the other, but I think we about covered this well. Well, thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. Brought to you by BaseballTalkRadio.com. I want to invite you over to listen to over 30 of the best podcasts on baseball from around the world. We'll talk to you again next edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show Podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.